Good adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bontek, and welcome to episode 107 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with authors you should be reading. It is Thursday, December 30th, 2021, and I have a great show for you today. We are doing writing prompts. My favorite shows are these, and we're going to get right to it, and I will see you after. We are excited to be back in, well, it's almost 2022. Uh, we were officially going to be back then, but it'll be tomorrow. So it's, you know, almost 2022. And we want to get back to writing prompts. And uh, unfortunately, Lisa, my co-author on the writing prompt journals could not be with us tonight. But we miss her. I was going to hold up a picture of her. And I realized <laughs> I have a green screen and stuff. It's not going to work. So she's <laughs> here in spirit. Uh, but I am joined today by Gage Greenwood and Collings McRae, who both write Vela. And I know I've talked about Vela several times on the show, but I absolutely adore this new, um, well, it's new to me genre, and I guess it's all around the world. So welcome, everybody. We're going to just kind of jump in. We're going to be doing writing prompts tonight. So if Gage and Collings, if you could both tell everybody what you write. I'll let you go first. Um, I write mysteries. They're not cozy. They're <laughs> quite gritty. Depending on the subject matter, they're even grittier than gritty sometimes. So um, I certainly wouldn't call them dark. And they're all in the same world with my neurodiverse um, MC, who is a overeducated detective. And he lives in South Florida. And so all of the crimes go on in South Florida. He may expand out, though, soon. <laughs> Engage. I write uh, mostly horror, although my vela is not really. It, it sort of is. It touches on it. Um, I write. I write a lot of speculative fiction. I would say, and most of it involves cerebral, psychological stuff like that. So, um, Winter's Myth is the name of my Kindle vela story, and that one's a dystopian genre bender. It kind of goes into fantasy and it's a coming of age story. It's comedic. It's horror. It's, it goes everywhere. <laughs> never stays in one place for long enough. <laughs> and you know, that's the fun fun thing about Vela is that um, the episodes are short. The rest of the world understands what serial writing is and Vela is serial writing. And we've talked about this before on the show and I'll put some links to uh, some previous shows where we've discussed Vela. Uh, and I write, um, I have two. I have one that is a paranormal mystery with a detective and her mentor who comes back from the dead after three days. Uh, and helps she's helps him solve his murder, and then he sticks around. And then I have got one under, under my pen name, Kelly Wheeland. It is a fantasy called Amy of Earth. She falls through a portal, and it's just her and a lot of creatures and a wine-guzzling thicket that has fallen in love with her. So it uh, it's a lot of fun to write. And today we are going to possibly write in our worlds. Um, we're not sure. <laughs> Once we've created our, our prompt and... Um, let me see if this will even work. Okay, so here's one of our prompt books that Lisa and I wrote. Okay, hey, this is actually working pretty well. So it's the Roll of Prompt Writing Journals, and you roll dice, you create prompts. And we have six books, and uh, Gage is going to roll the dice, and we're going to see what genre we will be writing in. So oh, are there six? Is it a six-sided dice? Yeah. Good. Yeah. For a second, it looked like I a have, 25-sided. I'm like, I don't have that many of my books. I have the rest if we need them, but, but for now, I'll stick with the six. 
<laughs> okay, so um, go ahead and roll the dice and let's see what genre we'll be in. We have a three. A three. So, um, ooh, we are going to be writing in sci-fi. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to open to a random page, which hopefully isn't lined. These are journals. It's lined, of course. These are journals, and as you create your prompt and roll the dice, you write at the top of the page. You fill in the blanks of what you uh, have rolled for, and then you you write in the book. You do the first page in the book, and then it has five um, <clears throat> lined pages, you know, after each prompt. So let me, ooh, I open to one. Okay. So we're going to be rolling for a character, a word, and a scenario. And with writing prompts, they're always to inspire. You don't have to, anybody out there who wants to write along and come up with your own prompt and, um, and reply to this video or this, this uh, podcast, that is fantastic. And if you'd like to come on, of course, I'll talk about that at the end of the show. Uh, but these are just to inspire. And on one show, once we... we uh, rolled for romance, and we were all mystery writers, and we wrote horror. <laughs> it's like okay, we all. It's funny because yeah, we we you all get the same prompt, uh, and it just shows you that if you just write and you don't think, the stuff that you can come up with. So the first thing we're going to be rolling for is a character. So go ahead and roll the dice, and let's see what we got. Five. We're we've got an exterminator. Oh. And the next thing we're going to be rolling for is a word. All right, we got six. Breach. And the word? last breach, B R E A C H. <laughs> like there's a breach in the hole. Ah, you know. <laughs> um. Right. Uh, or Shakespeare. Once more into the breach. Is that right? <laughs> Okay. I used to know, I have William Shatner as a transformed man, and as a kid, I listened to it over and over and over, and I knew that speech from Henry the Eighth, Eighth Henry the Eighth speech? Seventh? Whatever, whatever his speech was on the transformed man, I knew it. I could say it just like he did it, which I suppose is good that I don't do that anymore. Okay, so our last thing we're going to roll for is a scenario. Three. A flock of birds disappears mid-flight. Now, we're going to set the timer for... We always start with 20 minutes, and then I have to add 10 because I can't do 20. The one time I did 20, I couldn't believe it. Um, I'll get the timer here going. And then for everybody listening, I promise I will cut out all of the writing questions, so no one has to sit for 20 minutes watching us write. <laughs> that is not fun at all. And, oh, God, um, maybe, can someone tell me what they've... Computer that I'm on, so. Yeah, can someone <laughs> tell me again what the stuff is because I didn't write any of it down. <laughs> Yep, so it's sci-fi, uh, the character is an exterminator, the word is breach, and the scenario is a flock of birds disappear mid-flight. Good one. That is actually, I like that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, okay, so we're going to set it for 20 minutes, we are going to write, and then we're going to come back and read. Okay, we are back, we have written for 30-ish mm, minutes, and... Um, uh, as usual, I, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time um, writing fast. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Do you feel, did you, did you complete a story? Um, I, I, I seen. Sort of. Yeah, I see. Well, let's see what we got, you know, because these are always starting points, you know, and, and 
uh, I, a couple of people have come on the show and ended up writing books about based on on prompts that they started with. So, you know, you never know what it. What I love the prompt. I love the prompt. Yeah. So, and this was a fun one today. So let's. We have we were doing sci-fi. We have an exterminator, a breach, and birds disappearing mid-flight. So, who would like to start reading first? Well, I'm a horrible reader. I, I write faster, but I got 500 words and it's a full scene, but I am a horrible narrator. I need my grandson to narrate. Um, but <laughs> so I vote for Gage, but but I'll go first. <laughs> okay. Your brain. Uh, I'm trying. I, it's my goal for 2022, <laughs> right? Um, all right. I should have my uh, phone read it instead, right? Um, the birds, oh, and this is in my Fox Argyle detective world. Okay. And so anybody that's read any of it might recognize some of the characters. Okay. The scene opens. The birds flickered in a circular pattern like a giant paisley in the sky. High clouds hung above the lake, covering the sun. Pink shadows colored their white wings. The flock hovered over the abandoned house, swirling in complete silence. A breach, a breach. The man attempted to crawl up the steps, but fell to the ground. He was mumbling into his phone. It just opened up. It flashed, a flash. Come. If anyone was watching, they'd be wondering which disappeared first, the man or the birds. Both were gone. Fox, I just got a call from forensics. It's a weird one. I immediately thought of you, my favorite overeducated detective. Captain Skip Harley is watering his vast display of orchids. I do like unusual crimes. It's a crime. Dr. Ellis Fox Argyle isn't looking at his supervisor. He's playing brick breaker on his phone. What needs sorted? An exterminator has gone missing. He was dealing with a bug infestation at the old mansion down at Lake Okeechobee. You know the one? He just vanished, not a trace. I'll be the one to decide about traces, Cap. I did a stint down there years ago, digging up. Well, that doesn't matter. I'm off. Take Sergeant Tickman with you. We don't know what you'll run into. Fox punches his partner's phone number in as he walks to the car. Ticker, meet me in the parking lot at the Sheriff's Department. We are heading to the lake. There's a disappearance. The car bounced down the dirt road. Well, it was mostly dirt. It had originally been laid with circular stones and shells in a pattern that was now in great disorder. See that, Fox? That was once pretty. It's a paisley pattern, Tick. Those shells are far away from home. There's no saltwater beaches for many miles. They appear to be pink. No, nah, it's the sunset. There's the house. It looks dark to me. We should have waited. How are we going to find anything with no light? The exterminator's phone was tracked right here. He said something about a flash. See, isn't that a light back by those trees? The detectives parked the car and headed behind the house toward the light. There's a person. It's a woman, said Tick. It's, it's, Fox doesn't finish his thought before the woman speaks. Well, Dr. Argyle, I didn't think my call would work, at least not so quickly. Natalie Forrester is holding a paisley-shaped mirror. 
why do you always show up in strange places dressed like a 1940s nightclub singer? Asks Fox. I think a better question is why do you always come as soon as I call? Natalie Forster laughs, but it's a low growl. She spins the mirror thing slowly at first and then faster. Her red dress has become a blur and it's all heading towards Fox. Finally, it's the last word Tick hears as he watches his partner merge with their flashing red and disappear. The end. <laughs> ah, that's good. I liked all the description of the, uh, of the roadway. That was cool. And that, that's stuff that, that's that yeah, is very much in your, in your books. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's fun to jump off of some place like that and go sideways. Yeah, it is. It's kind of a palate cleanser to um, try something different and kind of. Hmm. Did, did you write in your world gauge? Yes, I did, um, which means I need to give a little explanation first to people <laughs> before I read mine. Because uh, my, my main characters um, were raised underground and they lived there their whole lives. And then they had to flee. And when they came to Earth, there wasn't much left for humanity. So my whole world is about them coming to Earth for the first time and not understanding it. And it's called Winter's Myths because he tells these tales to his daughters as a way to try and make sense of it. Um, so like they find a Kevin Bacon DVD box set and he thinks that Kevin Bacon is a demigod. <laughs> we go from there. Love that part. The reason I wanted to explain that is because, uh, you know, a lot of the terminology I'm going to use here is what they would say. Like they call cars metal wagons. Uh, so, so if the wording is strange, it's because that's how Winter sees the world. <laughs> Are we ready to roll? We're ready. Go ahead. Hey. All right. Winter walked along the cement road, staring up at the fire disc, hoping it would stick around long enough for him to gather some food and bring it back to the girls. In the distance, strange movement caught his eye. Behind a line of metal wagons, something scrambled. Winter ducked behind a blue metal wagon of his own, peering out from the side to see what moved down the road. He saw it again and realized whatever it was, it hid from him and believed he was still in the same position. He took this to his advantage and scurried down the line of metal wagons while the thing watched from the other side. When he reached the same metal, metal wagon where the movement came from, he turned the corner and placed a boom weapon against the thing's head. It was a human. Don't move, Winter said. The man put his hands above his head. I don't mean any trouble. I'm just trying to get out of here. Get out of where? Who are you? I'm nobody. Before the world disappeared, I was just an exterminator. Exterminator? Are you threatening me? No, what? I mean, people hired me to kill bugs and stuff. People recruited you to kill bugs? Why didn't they just kill the bugs themselves? I don't know, man. They didn't have the means to, I guess. Humans are capable of killing everything. Why would bugs be any different? The man shifted his head so his gaze landed directly on Winter. Listen, dude. Something messed up is happening, and we don't. And we have to get out of here. I don't think we should talk about bugs all day. What is it? What is happening? Everything is disappearing. What does that mean? I don't have time for this. Shoot me if you have to. The man stood up and ran into the forest that lined the cement road. Winter traced the man's movement, following with his boom weapon. When the exterminator completely vanished into the woods, Winter lowered it. After a couple minutes, he turned back and went looking for the girls, no longer feeling safe, moving so far away from them. When he returned to them, they were sitting outside, staring up at the sky. Dad, look, Candlestick said. Winter craned his neck, staring into the same blank sky they stared at. What? I don't see anything. Just wait, Violin said. 
After a few seconds, a flock of, flock of birds flew over the tree line, crossing the bright white abyss of the fire disk, and then vanished in, vanished in mid-air. Where did they go? Violin stood up and wrapped herself around his waist. I don't know. It keeps happening, though. They keep just keep disappearing. Do you think this is what happened to humans? He asked. The girl shrugged. I don't know. Do you think it will happen to us? Candlestick asked. He considered where the birds disappeared into relation to where they stood. I don't think so, but I think it's best to keep moving as far away from this area as we can. He held his hand out and lifted candlestick. Violin strapped their food bag around her shoulders and the three walked into the forest. They walked for miles beyond a small river and into deep shrubbery. The fire disc slowly descended behind the line of green leaves freckling the horizon. They were running out of time to find somewhere to hide. Once the night disc rose, the monsters would come. Faster, Winter said, and they picked up their pace. Already winded, achy, and hungry, the girls continued without complaint. Winter saw the struggle in their eyes and wished to offer them a break. But his heart also grew at the sight of his strong daughters fighting with every fiber of their being. Violin carried the heavy food load, and still she ran. Candlestick's small legs took three steps to keep up with Winter's one, and still she ran. Stop, Winter said, pulling his daughters behind him. What is it? Violin asked. Winter pointed, and on cue, fallen leaves crunched on the ground. Winter put his finger to his lips and grabbed his boom weapon. Violin slowly lowered the food bag and reached into it for her own boom weapon. They trained their weapons toward the thick oak nearby. I have the worst luck, don't I? A man stepped out from behind the trees with his arms up. The same man Winter saw earlier, the exterminator. Yes, you do, Winter said. The man shook his head exhausted. Please just let me go. Do you see what I was talking about? Did you see why I'm running? All I saw was disappearing birds. The man pointed at him, eyes wide with excitement. That's it. It's not just the birds, though. It's everything. It's like an invisible line moving across the earth and anything it hits disappears. Is that what happened to humanity? The man darted his eyes all over the forest. I guess, I don't know. I was underground when everyone disappeared. My friend made a bunker and we decided to spend a few nights in it to see how it felt living in it. Test it out, you know? Good thing I did, I guess, because I suppose I wouldn't be here. Anyway, we got to move, man. Do you hear anything? Winter frowned. No, I don't hear anything. Exactly. It's friggin' close. You don't hear nothing because there is nothing. Run, Winter shouted, and the girls responded. Violin snatched the food bag in her sister's hand and they took off. The man kept close, but to the side, <clears throat> but to the side, and they all ran away from an invisible force. Find something underground, Winter shouted to the girls, as if they could magically conjure something up. They passed a squirrel and it ran behind them, scared of their forceful presence. Winter turned his head to follow it, and as it reached the invisible line, it vanished. The line was right behind them. Run, run, run. They picked up speed. Drop the bag, he told his daughter, and she listened. Winter hoisted Candlestick up and lugged her. They ran so fast, the exterminator fell behind, and within a few seconds, he disappeared too. We can't outrun it, we can't. Yet they tried, moving beyond the capabilities of their muscles, until the line reached them and everything turned blindingly white. Winter walked along the cement road, staring up at the fire disc, hopeful it would stick around long enough for him to gather some food and bring it back to the girls. In the distance, a strange movement caught his eyes. Behind a line of metal wagons, something scrambled. <laughs> so I just had the line bring him back to where he started. I was just gonna say that was circular. <laughs> it fits your story though. It does, yes. <laughs> yeah. I do have to say it's not canon, so if anyone thought they were getting answers from that story, it's not gonna be <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I had trouble figuring out how to end it and I was like, you know what, I'll just have it I'll have the line bring him right back to the beginning. <laughs> You know, I like that. So I like that. Big, yeah, and the, 
Yeah, and she's right. You, uh, from your story, it does feel like it fits. Yeah, it's the same. I, I tried to do that, yeah. Yeah. To make it really yeah. work in that world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could be the explanation for what happened to humanity. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> um, okay, so mine. I was going to write in my world, but then I didn't. <laughs> I don't think I did. I don't know. So um, I made up all the facts. So anybody listening, do not write to me and tell me that I got the uh, mile markers wrong and the scientific names are wrong and whatever else. I made it all up. So <laughs> that's what <laughs> writing is. You're supposed to make it all up for sci-fi anyway. Okay. So I have no title. Um, I'm trying to read this because I have to really quickly tell it to learn the spelling so I can read what this says. <laughs> okay. Rotovartus giganticus were Jade's specialty. She discovered them after all, shaped like a roach, but with nasty pinchers of a crab and the wings of a bat. The pests lived in the swamps of South Florida. She hadn't even been looking for something new. She'd gotten a call to head down to Florida City to help deal with the iguana problem. The lizards had first appeared in the lower keys in the 70s, and as the years had gone by, they'd slowly moved north with sightings as far as ways with sightings now as far away as Fort Lauderdale. Because the lizards weren't indigenous, they were destroying the local fauna, and it was past time to get rid of them. Armed with her traps, she started catching, tagging, and releasing in hopes of finding greater concentrations of the little beasts. The plan was to return in a week with the rest of her team and conduct a mass cleanup. But as she, per as she reached Long Pine Key on her last day in the field, She'd been shocked by a very distinct lack of lizards. Sitting in her car just off Highway 1, she'd cranked the oldies and begun dictating her report. A significant drop in Reptilia squamata numbers at mile marker 22, too significant for natural lifespan roll-off of mature specimens. Comparison to mile marker 25 numbers... Jade hit pause on her cell phone and squinted at the papers lined across her dashboard, brushing the crumbs off her turkey off from her turkey and Swiss club off of a blue folder. She thumbed through the chart she'd correct, uh, created after her first three days in the upper keys, reaching up to adjust the sun visor. Movement caught her eye. A small flock of white ibis had taken off from a grassy patch near the car. A few of the birds fluttered up to a telephone pole where they precariously perched themselves on a wire that swayed under their weight. Reaching for her coffee, she kept her eyes on the closest bird. Silly thing was going to fall. She was sure of it. Swaying back and forth, it kept adjusting its feet, and the wire kept swinging away. As she sipped the coffee that had gotten cold hours earlier, she watched it fall. Its wings stretched out and slapped at the air, and then she blinked, and the bird was gone. She stretched up in her seat to see if it had fallen. And then she set her cup down and opened her car door, letting it slam shut. The noise startled the birds, and they took off, each diving off the wire, swooping down and vanishing. What the? She took a step and felt something crunch under her foot. And that's as far as I got. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I kind of liked... I don't know. I, I kind of. I might come back to it again. I kind of like it. So. Oh, I like it too. I it 
And yeah. <laughs> I wanna, twist, if you do twist. come back to it, let us finish it. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell a Floridian highway one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the only fact I know for sure. I, I, can't, I used to live in Key West. <laughs> And um, actually, I should have said she was on her second to last day because she would have still had to go down the rest of the keys. There, those iguanas are everywhere. Yeah. Oh my God, they're everywhere. <laughs> I really wish they would let the homeless eat them because that would that would help to uh, keep the population under control. Yeah, it hasn't been cold enough for them to be falling out of the trees yet. But no, oh my God, my mom and I were going out to eat someplace, and all of a sudden, one fell in the, out of a tree in front of us. <laughs> She's first scared my poor mom to death, <laughs> and it just it just you know it was it just was sitting there and we just walked around it. But they were they would be huge, uh, yeah. so this was fun. Are are you gar? Are you well? I don't know if you're. You can't really do too much. I don't know. Can you do anything with these? You can't put them in the vela because vela's behind a paywall. So uh, we always I always mention this to everybody. If you, uh, we'll put all of the links in the show notes, and we're going to talk about what everybody's been doing again. Have links in the show notes, and you can go read these velas. These are cereals. They are meant to be small bites at a time that end with a little cliffhanger to get you coming back for more. And you can read the first three for free. Then Amazon, if you are a new reader, Amazon will give you 200 free tokens, and you can read a bunch more. Uh, I know that mine for Amy Verth run between six and nine tokens each. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how how um, my my mystery. Sometimes there are eighteen tokens each. They're a little. It's a little bit longer. But so let's go through one more time what you all are writing and um, where we can find your stuff. How about we start with Gage? Okay. So my my, uh, my Vela is called Winter's Myths. Um, which, you know, she's going to put the link in there and it's on the Kindle And I think for mine, you can get up to uh, episode 17 with those free tokens. So, so you, you can get quite a bit in there. Um, and I also have a couple short stories on Kindle Unlimited. One is called Grackles on the Feeder and one is called True Flickering Lights a Silhouette. Um, if you look up Gage Greenwood on Amazon, you'll, you'll find both of those. And my Vela is a, now a series of uh three books the third book is ongoing um the first book costs about a dollar 43 i understand to get the whole thing uh it is um a little bit longer uh you get about ten thousand words free so you can go uh check out vela read quite a bit before you um have to commit and um the first book is called the ruin of the watcher it's all set in the same detective world with uh, my overeducated um, Fox Argyle. And uh, the second book is called The Sweater Case, which is complete on Bella. The third book is called The Reluctant Whistleblower, and it is now ongoing on Bella. Um, the, the nice thing about Bella is you can read it in small bites. You can find complete stories. You can find ongoing stories. You can find series. So it's it's just really a wonderful platform. It's the first time I've ever written in those kinds of chunks. It's a lot of fun. Now you both have other ventures I know outside of writing. Gage, you have a podcast, right? I have a YouTube channel as well. Yep. YouTube, that's right. Um, yeah. And and what's it called? Uh it's called Gage Greenwood Gets It Together, but I think I'm gonna change that to Gage Greenwood Writes because uh sort of shifted the it started off as it was about me being 42 and deciding to give myself one year to complete three dream goals that I've had. Um, 
but since the writing one has kind of taken the focus, I've sort of shifted it to just being about writing. Um, but I am, I think I'm going to start a second YouTube channel called Gabe Coonwood Runs about me trying to run a 5K in under 30 minutes. So. <laughs> trying to do what? Say it again? Run, run a 5K in under 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um... advice. You should call it Gage Greenwood gets it together in with writing or Gage Greenwood gets it together with running so that you can Ooh. keep it all together. Yeah. I've watched your, your podcast too. And your as my granddaughter calls the YouTube tube. And uh, you have um, not a podcast, but you have something on clubhouse, right? At least, uh... Yes. We um, clubhouse is a uh, relatively new, it, it actually launched almost the same time as Vela and a lot of um there were some Vela authors that were encouraged to go over and start what's called rooms in Clubhouse. And we have the Vela Storytellers Room, which is on a, a brief break for the holidays, but it comes back in January. And we talk about anything Vela, really. We try to have somebody do a reading. Um, uh, they have to be pretty brief to stay within the terms of service, but you can read and and we also have um, some added functionality to the rooms now at clubhouse and you can uh, both tape and you can add links so they're really uh fun groups we usually have about 15 or 20 people but we'd love to have a ton more um we meet on wednesdays and sundays and i think we're going to change the time but it'll be sometime between seven and nine and we really encourage everybody that's interested in serial uh, writing, serial reading, or would just like to listen to a, an author um, do a narration of their own work and then talk about their own work. Um, we try to get them to tell us about their readings, their writing style and how they prep and do some of the back scene that I think readers would really enjoy. So we're trying to encourage a, a lot more people to come over from Vela to to clubhouse for those meetings in the evenings and we'll be posting that both on our facebook page and also on instagram and clubhouse and thank that's you. eastern eastern times it is they're all eastern times which is actually why it's a little bit later because one of our admins uh is a physician that works everybody needs to feel bad for him uh in in Kauai. So we always have to oh. have it a little bit later for him to to make it. Oh, yeah, sorry poor for guy. <laughs> yeah, I know it's horrible. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, between seven and nine Eastern. We'll start posting pretty soon. We'll let you know what we're going to talk about. We're always looking for advice and any subjects, and it becomes pretty free for all anyway. So come on over and join our discussions. That sounds good. That that's sounds cool. Good. I didn't even know about that. That's awesome. Clubhouse? Clubhouse. Yeah. And that's the name of the app too. It's one word, Clubhouse. And if and you need do they do they still do people still have to get invites or can anybody join? Now everybody can join, but anybody that would like to um to get an invitation, if the link will help them get on, um, they can, you know, get in touch with me at callings underscore McCray. M-A-C, capital C-R-A-E. I think you'll probably have it in your notes on this this uh, podcast. But um, and, and just ask for an invitation and I'll send one out to you. As soon as we find out, we'll start sending them out to 
any of our Vela uh, Instagram and Facebook people are probably not going to be able to avoid us once we start advertising. So Gage will get an invitation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I, I think I have a few invitations too. Um, the And they have, uh, for authors and listening in the audience, they have a clubhouse at 8 a.m. on uh, 8 a.m. Eastern every day called Authors Conference. Is that correct? Yeah. Writer, is it? Author, yeah, Authors Conference, you're it's right. It's Authors Conference, and then they have a Facebook group. Once you join, you can join the Facebook group, and anything they talk about an Authors Conference at 8 a.m., they pop into the Facebook group, and then you... We used to all be scribbling to take notes, and finally somebody's like, well, why don't we just do a Facebook group and put stuff in there? Ah, yeah. wonderful. So um, so that's there, too, and we'll have all these links in the show notes. And... I was so excited to get everybody to get you to to come on today and do this again. Uh, Books Coop has been on a long winter's break, starting in the summer, and uh, it is nice to be back. And um, I, this is fun. These are my favorite shows to do are the writing prompt shows, and uh, and I guess that's it pretty much. I want to thank you both for coming on. And um, any last things that you want to to mention anything you know as far as did, did you mention how people can get in touch with you actually i gave my instagram handle and i, I i'm sure you will put them in the the notes gauges and and uh, all of our instagrams if that's the best place to get in touch with with that's the best place to get in touch with me um and the other the only other thing i would um, encourages for people to check out Vela if they haven't seen it. It is in beta still. So Amazon is not uh, bombarding anybody with advertising at this point. And the readers, there's they're building content and that's the stage they're in. But there's a lot of really good content on there. I have just found some wonderful stories, including all of those here. Um, I encourage them all. So, you know, be sure and and take a minute to look up Amazon and then look under Vela or Kindle Vela and you'll find it. Yeah. And, and I'll have a direct link, direct link to it as well. Uh, it's like we said, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great stories on it and people are creating content. It is not on the Kindle yet. If you have the Kindle app on your iPhone, you can read. And if you don't, then you can read on your desktop. So um, uh, that's, you know, I, I, people tell me, oh, I can't read on my desktop. Well, do you use your desktop for anything else? You can read on it. <laughs> your know. iPad. If, uh, <laughs> if you have an Android, um, if, you, if you don't have an iPhone, you have an Android, you can, you can still um, go to it. You just got to do it through the web browser. Yeah, the mm -hmm. browser works really well. As a matter of fact, yeah. I usually look at the browser because it updates more quickly than the, the app downloads. So I'm, I generally read everybody in the browser in case somebody's gone back and made some updates. I want the latest ones. So the browser, uh, the Kindle app, um, and you can also um, look for it and use your iPad or your desktop to, to get to it as well. Yeah. yeah. Not as hard as it seems. No, no, it's pretty easy and there's a lot of great stuff. And um and, and that's it. I, I want to thank everybody for coming on today. And uh, hopefully you guys can come back again at another time and, and do some more writing prompts. Yeah, thank you so much. This was super fun. We had a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. 
everything we talked about will be down in the show notes. Be sure to check out Vela if you have not yet. And I'll probably stop talking about Vela sometime soon, but I thoroughly enjoy reading on this platform and you need to check it out. If you haven't yet, you get the first three episodes of a story for free and Amazon will give you 200 tokens to read more. So sometimes you can read an entire story or most of an entire story at ones that are completed for free, which is great. So uh, check them out. And uh, that's it for now. I'll be back soon with another great show. And in the meantime, go read or write a great book. (laughs) 